We all know that having excellent communication skills is hugely beneficial to your ability as a leader, as well as to the performance of your team. But what exactly makes up communication skills? That's what you'll discover in this episode of the Standout Get Noticed podcast. Hi there, Rockstar, and welcome to episode 282 of Stand Out Get Noticed. I'm Christina Cantor's communication skills trainer, speaker, and MC. This is the very first official episode that I'm releasing since I went on maternity leave in October 2020. So it's very, very exciting to be back. In this episode, we are going back to basics. We are exploring the 10 fundamental communication skills that you need to be an effective leader or manager. Now, you may find that you are already skilled at some of these and others may need some work. That's completely normal. And if you're a new listener, this episode will give you an overview of my approach to learning communication skills. This is what I show people in my in-person workshops, through my coaching, through my speaking, I've worked with hundreds and hundreds of people and, you know, thousands of people through this podcast. So this will give you a really good overview of what I'm all about. And if it resonates with you, then I recommend that you subscribe to the podcast and check out the older episodes. There's plenty there and they are absolutely still relevant today. If you know this podcast well, then this episode will be a really great review for you to check in with yourself and reflect on where you're at with your communication and what areas you can still improve on. I always put a summary of the episode as well as links to resources in the show notes. And for this episode, you can find them at thecmethod.com slash 282. All right, let's do it, Rockstar. The very first fundamental communication skill is managing your mindset. This includes having self-awareness, pinpointing your own thoughts, and being able to shift the unhelpful stories that you tell yourself. Now, why is this important? Well, I've been doing this for many, many years, and through all the work that I've done, I continue to find even more, more and more, that All of your actions and the subsequent results from those actions stem from one thing, your mind. Every day we have things that are happening that are outside our control. These are what I call circumstances. So it might be as simple as, you know, it starts to rain, which has been a lot here recently. Um, Maybe someone cuts you off in traffic. Maybe an audience member rolls their eyes while you're talking. All of these things are outside of your control. But the one thing that is within your control is how your mind responds to it. And this includes what thoughts are you making up about that circumstance? You see someone rolling their eyes in the audience, you might think to yourself, oh, that person's so bored because I'm boring. I am boring them and I'm a terrible speaker and I need to get off stage right now and I'm never doing this again. That's one way your mind could respond. Or your mind could respond with, Oh, look at that person yawning. They must have had a big night last night, so that's why they're yawning. I know, I'll just continue to talk as I am because I know it's got nothing to do with me. Two very different responses that our mind has, but those two responses then affect the outcome that it has on us, on our own emotions, so our stress and our anxiety, and it then affects the way that we are actually presenting or speaking. Albert Einstein said that we can't solve problems by using the same kind of thinking 
we used when we created them. George Bernard Shaw said, those who cannot change their minds cannot change anything. And that's why this is the number one communication skill that you must learn. I'm not going to say to master because I don't know if maybe a Buddhist monk who's meditated on a hill for 40 years can master their mind, but it's something that we can all work on getting better at. The second skill is emotional intelligence. Notice that we're starting on the inside. I believe that there are two parts of communication. There's the internal communication, so what happens inside our heads and our hearts and inside our bodies. And then there's the external communication, which is what other people see on the outside. And each of these 10 communication skills will fit into one of those categories. Is it internal? Is it external? Emotional intelligence, this is also internal. So this is all about recognizing your emotions as they arrive, such as the fear and anxiety when we're in a difficult situation. It also includes knowing how to use those emotions or not use them in the moment. And it's also around recognizing emotions in other people and responding to those emotions appropriately. So if we have a team member who is getting really frustrated or stressed about a a task they have to do and they're beginning to act out or be really grumpy or um, not cooperate, it's about knowing how to recognize, okay, they're having a tough time. How can I best assist them here? Instead of responding um, out of a reaction and going, oh, what's wrong with that person? They're being really annoying today, which doesn't help anyone. So the reason why emotional intelligence is so important to your abilities as a leader is that it's going to help reduce your stress. It's going to help you be more calm, which then enables you to communicate more effectively. So emotional intelligence is a, it's a huge topic and there's multiple elements of it. And it does appear in many of my, my episodes. Number three is non-verbal communication. So this is what we would say is an external form of communication. So this includes your body language, such as how you sit, how you stand, how you walk, your facial expressions. Do you make eye contact? It also includes where you sit in a meeting, if you're in person. Where do you stand when you're on stage? Are you still? Do you move? On a video call, are you properly positioned on the screen? Is your fight fuss, is your face smiling and engaged or is it looking terribly bored? I once was working with a coaching client and I was explaining to her a, a concept, I was talking, and the look on her face, she had her her head in her hand and she was like leaning on her fist and she looked so bored. She had a frown on and her eyes were kind of squinted at me and I said to her, are you bored? Am I boring you? And she immediately jumps up and goes, no, 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 not at all. Oh my God. Is it my face? What was my face doing? I said, your face looked like you were about to fall asleep. You looked angry almost. She goes, oh, I've been told this before. I need to fix my face. And so this was something that we worked on. We realized that she had a, her resting face made her look like she was bored or even angry, even when she wasn't. And, but that was what she was communicating to me. So that was something that we worked on to be, I don't want to say fix her face, 
I'm not a plastic surgeon, but how, how did we shift the expression that she had on her face to make it appear that she was, that her, her face was matching what was inside, which was the fact that she was listening and she was interested. So having, being able to be aware of what your nonverbal communication is doing and being able to make that match what your message is or what's going on inside, that helps you to have a strong presence, which is how you show up, which allows you to command respect before you've even opened your mouth. Studies have shown that your nonverbal communication, well, there's been a few studies, I mean, many studies done really, but there's a famous study that's been done that's shown that up to 55% of your message is conveyed through your nonverbals. And in fact, there've been other studies that have shown as much as up to 80% is conveyed through your nonverbals. So this is an absolute non-negotiable if you're looking to be an effective communicator. Number four is clarity of message. And what this is, is what you say. So it includes language, it includes stories, and it's the ability to structure your, your message as well. I know a lot of people come to me and they say, I really struggle with, with rambling. I ramble a lot. How can I better structure my message so that what it is that I want to say gets across in the right way? You know, it's about being uh, clear and concise. I was watching a film called The Nice Guys the other day, and um, it's got Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling in it. And Ro- Ryan Gosling plays a, a, a private investigator. And there's this scene where he rocks up to this party, a very adult party, and his 13-year-old daughter has stowed away in the boot of his car. And she gets out and he's like, all right, fine, come to the party. And she says, Dad, there's like whores here and stuff. And Ryan Gosling's character says, sweetheart, how many times have I told you? Don't say and stuff. Just say, Dad, there are whores here. Which I thought was really funny. It was nice to see him teaching his daughter to be more clear and concise with how she speaks. Moving on, the fifth communication skill that is important to work on, I keep wanting to say master, but really mastery is a, it's a very uh, high goal. <laughs> it's a high goal. We can aim for that. If you're, if you're keen, if you're ambitious, let's aim for mastery. It's tone of voice. The last skill that I mentioned, clarity of message, that's what you say. Tone of voice is how you say it. So this includes things like the pace. Are you speaking fast? Are you speaking slow? It includes the pitch. Are you high pitched or are you low pitched? And what difference does that make in the way that your message is conveyed? Hear the difference? One thing that comes up a lot is, um, especially with Australians, we tend to put have our pitch go up at the end of the sentence, which makes us sound like we're asking a question every single time. And a lot of, I, I work with a lot of clients to help them bring their pitch down at the end of the sentence or making it, making it uh, steady at the end instead of going up. That, make, that, that one simple thing can make a huge difference into how you come across. Tone is also the emotion in your voice. So are we, are we compassionate? How are you doing today? Are we angry? How are you doing today? Huh? 
Are we excited? How are you doing today? There are so many different ways that by simply changing the emotion in our tone, we can change the meaning of the message. And this is why studies have shown that the tone of your message can make up up to 35%, was it 38? I think 38, sorry. 38% of your message conveyed through your tone. This can often be one of the most tricky things to work on because we tend to get so caught up in being monotone all the time and we just talk like this because it's easy and it's safe and it feels unnatural to go up or it feels unnatural to go down. But this is something where we can play to get out of our comfort zone with. The next skill is spontaneity. And for me, this means being okay with the unexpected. Being okay with being spontaneous. Because let's face it, you can prepare a presentation or an opening phrase to your meeting as much as you want, but in reality, everything in life is going to have spontaneity in it. We cannot control everything. And this is, I find a lot of people over-prepare for presentations because what it does, it gives us this perception of control. Like if I can control everything about this presentation, i.e. what I'm going to say, then everything's going to be okay and I've, and I've got this because we hate feeling out of control. But what happens is that there's always going to be stuff that happens that is outside of our control. Think about questions that come from the audience. Think about in meetings. That's a discussion. You can't control what other people are going to say. Even one-on-one conversations. Think about how often you prepare for a one-on-one conversation. Not often. So we're constantly dealing with spontaneity. Yet when we are put in a a high-pressure position, like delivering a, a speech or a presentation or running a meeting, we think that we can control everything, but we really can't. So I want you to think about how comfortable you currently are with spontaneity. On a scale of one to 10, where do you sit? Where one is, I'm absolutely terrified, I can't deal with it, I avoid speaking situations because of it. Or 10, I am the master, I am zen, I can handle anything that comes my way. If you sit somewhere around six or less, then it's something that I absolutely recommend you make your focus to work on. And by the way, this episode's not about how you do it. I'm going to be doing separate episodes for each of these skills and diving deep into them. So that's what's coming for you in the next few weeks and months. One final thing around spontaneity, the goal is not to remove all instances of spontaneity, but it's about being accepting and okay with, with it, when it happens. Not if it happens, when it happens. Okay, moving on to skill number, I actually didn't number these, why? 10, 9, 8, 7 is working well with others. Now, this is very important if you work with other humans at any level, at any point of the day. This is even for you if you have friends and family that you want to maybe get along better with, have better working relationships with. Um, 
it's basically fair for all humans. And what this includes is building rapport, building relationships, and learning how to connect with people, with the people around you. Um, a client of mine who I was coaching one-on-one, she came to me because she was having some difficulties with getting the most out of her team. So she ran a team of like five people and her natural style of communication was to be very direct. So she would say, you know, Susan, where's that report? Have you got it done yet? And something that she found was that she wasn't getting the right response from her team. They would not give her all the answers. They wouldn't be open and honest with her. They would say, yes, 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 I'll get it done by Monday. And then they wouldn't. And when we explored this a a bit further, we found that most of her team members actually spoke in a way that was not so direct. They used a bit more, can we say, more fluffy language when they were talking So a little bit more wordy in how they spoke, a little bit more of a soft approach. And so what we did was I worked with my client to help her adapt the way that she spoke, not a lot, but just enough to match the way that her team members spoke. So instead of her saying, have you done that report? She would say, hi, Jennifer, how are you? Are you good? How was your weekend? Oh, that's so great to hear. Um, so I, I wanted to check in with you about that report on from Friday. Do you do you remember what we talked about on Friday? Yes? Yes. Okay. Um, I wanted to check in to see how you're going with that. So you can see that there's a very it's a, it's a different way of communicating, right? One is very direct and to the point, another one is more relationship focused and a bit softer in the approach. Neither of these different styles is better than the other or more correct than the other. It's just different. And learning how to adapt your style to best suit the people that you're working with is one of the most powerful skills that you can learn to be more effective at work. I promise you, this was a game changer for me. And I have so many episodes on this. I'll link them up in the show notes if you want to go back and check them out. All right, we are up to communication skill number eight, and that is empathy. If you want to be an effective leader, being able to communicate with empathy is critical because it helps you to communicate your ideas in a way that makes sense to others, to your team, to your boss, whoever, and it helps you to understand why others communicate and behave the way that they do. So this, of course, links to emotional intelligence and and mindset, follows on from them. For example, I was once running a workshop where there was this one woman who was being very rude to me and rolled her eyes every time I asked her a question. When I say rude, I mean her tone, right? We talked about tone before. Her tone was very sarcastic and not very friendly. And she... And to me, immediately in my head, so right, in my mindset, I was responding thinking, oh my God, she hates me. What have I done? I'm not interesting enough. That was what, what I went through in my mind. And then I remembered what I teach other people. And I thought, Christina, you need to shift your mindset just like you show other people how to do. And I focused on having empathy for this person. 
And having empathy allowed me to go, okay, well, I wonder what's going on for her. And then I thought, maybe she's having a bad day. Maybe her pet bunny rabbit passed away this morning. I don't know, just made something up. And then I thought, maybe she's like this all the time to everyone. Must be really hard being being you. Must be really hard. I, you know, I feel so much empathy and compassion, compassion for you. And shifting, having that empathy and shifting that mindset for me made such a difference. It took away my stress. It helped me feel much more calm. And I was able to then deliver that workshop in a way that was, well, the same as I was before, um, but without freaking out and getting really nervous. And this is just one example. Empathy can apply to any conversation that you're having. Also, having empathy will allow you to have difficult conversations. It'll help you with your negotiating as well. And I definitely want to get someone on the show to talk about negotiate nego- that negotiating skills because um, that's something I haven't really addressed much on the show. Only two more to go. You're doing so well, Rockstar. Two more skills, two more skills to go. Fundamental communication skill number nine is audience engagement. And when I say audience, this could be any size audience. So you might be public speaking to a group of four people, 10 people, 100 people. You might be emceeing an event, maybe running a meeting, or even speaking to someone one-on-one. They are still your audience. And what this requires is the ability to listen, listen to your audience, and it requires the ability to ask good questions of your audience. It's not so much about what you say as in the content that you're preparing. You need to be able to gauge how your audience is responding to what you say and being able to adapt appropriately. I've been doing a fair few MC gigs recently. It's been really fun. And I remember I was once emceeing this conference for, I think there was like 400 business women in the audience. It was at Fed, Federation Square, uh, which is a pretty big venue if you're not from Melbourne, you don't know what it is. And I could tell by the end of the day, like if you've ever been to a conference, you'll know that it's tiring. You're sitting there from nine in the morning, listening to speakers, you've eaten lots of sugar, drunk lots of coffee, and by the afternoon, you are just crashing. And as the MC, it's my job to make sure that everyone is engaged and that they are listening to the speakers and that they're energized and, and you know, clapping and, and that sort of thing. And at this one conference, I could see that everyone was really like dying in terms of their energy in like, at like three in the afternoon. And for, if I didn't pay attention to the audience, I would have just plowed through and said, all right, everyone, let's go to the next speaker, big clap. But instead I thought, you know what, I have to get this, the audience excited and energized again. And so what I did was I stopped what we were doing and I said, all right, everyone, I want you to stand up. And I made everyone stand up. I even ran into the audience and I said, you stand up, you stand up, everyone must stand up. And I got everyone to have a stretch. I said, everyone stretch, everyone jump up and down, wiggle your shoulders. And it only took two minutes to do that. And I got everyone to sit down and that meant that, and even just that simple, you know, the movement, the getting up, the, the jumping around, that helped them to, to then get their energy back up again and bring their best focus to the next speaker. And I'm not saying that 
that's what it, what audience engagement is, getting people to stand up all the time. Um, but it's paying attention to how they're going, how are they responding, and making sure that they are still actively listening and that they're still energetically there. Otherwise, what's the point, right? If you're talking and your audience isn't paying attention or they're, you know, they're somewhere else, then there's no point in, in you talking. You can't be an effective speaker that way. And then finally, da, 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 final communication skill is personal brand. Your personal brand is the perception of you to others. And whether you like it or not, you have a brand. A really good definition of brand that I love is it's attributed to Jeff Bezos and he he's quoted as saying, your brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room. So think about it right now. If your colleagues got together or your boss and your team got together and they were asked to describe you, what would they say? Now, if what you think they would say about you is different to how you feel or different to how you would want to be perceived, then there's an opportunity there for you to influence how they then see you. So even if you're not happy with how you're currently being perceived, that's okay because you can change it. And you can do this whether it's internal to your organization, so how you're known just to your colleagues and your um, you know, upper management and that kind of thing, or it could be external, so how you're perceived in the public realm. And look, both are important, especially if you're going to be maybe changing roles or shifting careers or or changing, you know, changing organizations. People are going to look you up online and they're going to see what your brand is through LinkedIn, through Instagram, whatever it is. And if you don't put in the the, the effort to make sure that you're painting a picture that presents you in the best light, then you're basically relying on other people to paint that picture for you. So it's best to take that opportunity and put some effort in to make sure that you are represented in the best possible way. I will be releasing an episode of the next few weeks. Um, it's a conversation with Karen Tisdell, who is a LinkedIn expert and LinkedIn profile writer. And we'll be talking about brand and publishing content and how impactful that can be for your um, for your career. So those are the 10 fundamental communication skills that I that I teach and that I believe are absolutely critical if, if you want to take your career to the next level and be a superstar manager or leader. I'll quickly recap. Number one, managing mindset. Two, emotional intelligence. Three, nonverbal communication. Four, clarity of message. Five, tone of voice. Six, spontaneity. Seven, working well with others. Eight, empathy. Nine, audience engagement. And 10, personal brand. If you want a written summary of all of these skills, I will have them in the show notes at thecmethod.com slash 282. If you enjoyed this episode, then I would really appreciate it if you could share it with a friend or a colleague, because that is one of the best ways to get this podcast out to more people. In the meantime, thank you for spending some time with me today. I'm so excited to be back and I'm so glad that you were able to join me for this episode. Keep on being awesome and I'll talk to you next week. I'm Christina Cantors and this has been Stand Out, Get Noticed. Get Noticed.